dig it. Welcome to IDP Nation Spinoff Podcast, talking about college IDP and Debbie IDP prospects. We are your hosts, Dan Cook, Daryl Winston, Eric Carroll. We are the Debbie IDP Grind. Can you dig it? Welcome, everyone, to episode 17 of the Dig Podcast, or Debbie IDP Grind. I'm your host, uh, Daryl Winstead, and I'm here with uh, my co-host, Eric Haroff. Uh Dan's on a little break, so uh, how's it going, Eric? Oh, not too bad. It's been a while, man. Been a yeah, while. It's, it's been a little bit. We've got a, we got a little bit off schedule, and then the Thanksgiving holiday hit, so kind of messed us up a little bit, so... But we'll get this one in tonight, and just so everyone knows that going forward, we're going to be recording on Sunday nights, so you can kind of set your schedule and plan on that, but uh, it feels good to be back. It feels good to watch football. Right? Definitely, man. It's I've watched a lot of college football over the past three weeks, and it, it's been fun. It's been crazy with all the cancellations and whatnot, but it's still been pretty fun to, to watch watch these games yeah i like it too i mean i've like you i've watched tons of games i've got tons recorded that i've still got to go through so uh, it's just i love this time of year i do definitely i i just uh um actually got youtube tv here recently oh, still, okay that is the bomb that is because oh. you yeah you, you, you can watch like i think there's like six or seven channels with called football games on so awesome <laughs> I've been watching a lot of college football. <laughs> All righty then. We will get started. We've got lots to go over. I'm sure we'll miss a few, but uh, we'll get what we can here. News and notes. Um, why not start off with a bang? Vanderbilt soccer phenom Sarah Fuller becomes the first female to suit up for a Power 5 football team as she was their kicker. Uh, she only got in one kick, kick off the second half, but uh, – breaking barriers and uh, opening doors for many, many more uh, females to come. Yeah, and I think she's actually traveling to Georgia this weekend. Too. Oh, okay. Awesome. Vanderbilt to Georgia. So that's that's pretty cool that she gets that another chance to, you know, to be out there and make, make a statement. Yeah. And uh, which is – that's interesting you say that because speaking of Vanderbilt – they fired their head coach, Derek Mason, as did South Carolina fired Will Muschamp. So I'm not a big fan of firing a head coach mid-year in any league, you know, NFL or college. I, I just think it – I don't know what you really gain by it. Yeah, you just – go ahead. I mean, you, there's – the candidates are kind of limited – you know, unless it's just somebody that's not coaching or in TV or something like that. But some of your bigger names, they're probably on a on a team somewhere already coaching. So you, you know, like the NFL, you have to wait till they get done, or and so you can have permission. Um, and in college, you know, if they're on a staff somewhere, you, you same thing. You're waiting till their season is done before you can talk to them or entertain or bring them in for visits or whatever. So never been a big proponent of a firing the coach during the season, unless it's just something 
uh, non-football related, then I get it. But, you yeah, know. Underlying issues or something like that. Yeah, if it's something like that. But just when it comes down to it, I, th- I think you let them finish it out. They already know if they're going to get fired or not, you know, if they're doing bad. So yep. I think you let them finish it out and then you say, hey, we got to make changes and move on from there. Yeah, the South Carolina one kind of caught me off guard. And then. Yeah, it did me too. I just. And then, in, you know, then you see a whole bunch of recruits back out too, you know. And, yeah. And you're going to, you're going to see, I mean, usually that happens when that, ha- you know, if a head coach gets fired, you're going to see. You're going to see the recruits back out because I mean that was right. the why they went there, you know. Right. I mean, I can speak for the balls. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt. He, <laughs> whether you like him, whether you don't, his seat right now is red hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is coals glowing under his rear end right now. Um, personally, myself being a ball fan, I've not had a huge problem with him. I think he is the guy, but the only thing that I question is. Sticking with Garantano, you've seen what the kid can do. He can't do it. It's your season's up. when you lost to Kentucky, you kind of just gave your season away right there. So why not get the five star kid in there and see what he can do? Yep. I mean, at some point you've got to see what he can do anyway. Um, that would be my only issue why? with him. Yeah, why not get him in the game now when you have Garantano there still? You know, that way you can go back to him if you need to. But once you get, you know, next year, yeah, you're Bailey in there, you, you may not have, you don't, you might not have that luxury. All right. And then staying with Tennessee, we, there was some big news today that came out of Knoxville. Um, Kayvon Bennett <laughs> was dismissed from the team after a traffic stop. And at first, no one knew. What, who, what, when, or why. They just knew he was dismissed from the team. When uh, Pruitt was asked, he's like, we have a standard set at Tennessee, and being in a traffic stop is below that standard, so he's no longer with the team. Just before we come on the air, however, I learned that he was pulled over for speeding, and once they pulled him over, they found marijuana and a handgun, uh, which made more sense while they cut him. Uh, you're trying to change the culture. You're trying to get that out of there. So it made sense why they they moved on from him. Um, so let's go back a little bit. This is a little bit of old news. Oregon freshman linebacker Justin Flo is out for the rest of the year doing, due to a torn meniscus. I know he wasn't starting. He was playing some special teams, but highly rated recruit. That's a – I would imagine he's – he gets redshirted for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. No more games than they've played. So I don't. And then with the year of eligibility out the window, do you know how that works? Now that I think of it, with no eligibility, if say he's hurt and they want to redshirt him, does that really count as a redshirt year if there's no eligibility? I don't know. That's actually a good question. I so I mean, know. you could technically, you know, if he's he was be set to be draft eligible in 2024. If you redshirt, you would push that to 2025. But with no eligibility, could he play all the way to 2026 now? Could I, I yeah, I don't know. That's actually a good uh good question. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure on that. I'll have to ask around and see if the answer on it. Now if he's as good as we all think he is, there's no way he's playing until 2026 in college. But he's going, he's going as soon as he can. Yeah. 
yeah, he's he's two and done if he if everything works out. But I was thinking of that today, and I was like, well, there's no eligibility, so I don't know why redshirting him would be an, a factor. And maybe they don't redshirt him with no uh, eligibility. Maybe you just it's a there's no no eligibility year, so he just sits out and he comes back as a freshman next year, and then you've still got that redshirt in case he gets hurt again, maybe. Yep. So interesting there, but I'll, I'll try to dig around and ask some people and see what I can find out. Yeah, um, question. Yeah. I, well, I do have a good question every now and then. <laughs> Despite what Dan says, I do have a good one every now and then. Um, here's one, and I want to see what you think. Um, I mean, you kind of picked at it during the week. Arizona State is considered a big player for the number one overall player in the 2021 cycle defensive end Corey Foreman, who has continuously pushed back his date, pushed back his date. I think he's just taking his time, making sure where he wants to go. Uh, I think Herma Edwards and that NFL coaching staff is um, big for him. But apparently he went to Clemson and liked it, and he liked it so well he set up a second visit. Yeah, I mean, if – I. When I saw that Arizona State was in the league, it kind of kind of caught me by surprise. It did I, me too. All in all, I still think he's going to end up either with Clemson or uh, oh UFC. I mean, if, if Clemson gets them, that's not even fair, dude. Brian he can't go to Clemson. That's not fair. Corey, 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 yeah, that's Tyler just. Davis, I think and. No, oh, that's a that's a that's a very good defensive line. Oh my goodness, that is just wrong on so many well, levels. If he goes there, but um, like we we talked about earlier in the week, getting Arizona State, getting him, that would be huge for them. And oh, that'd be a game changer for them. But, I mean, know. they don't get no offense to them, but you don't get those type of recruits at Arizona State. You just nope. don't. Nope. Maybe nope. Oregon, you know, something like that, but. Arizona State, no. No, not. I think having that NFL coaching tree with Edwards and, and those guys, I think that's huge because they're they're going into these houses and their schools and they're telling these kids, look, I, I played in the NFL. I coached in the NFL. was successful at both of them. And I think nowadays kids gravitate. They, they like that. They, they want to be in the NFL. So, you know, if anything that can help them get there, I think that's a big plus. Yep, definitely. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But I, I still think he's going to end up with. No. You, I mean, I, I hope that he goes to, you know, ASU. and. You know, I'm not going to hate it that he goes to Clemson. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna, really not because he's the number one pick or number one recruit. You're going to the best team in the nation basically yeah. that's pumped out look look what they've done at defensive line for the past few years so yep and ultimately you want to go to the NFL ultimately if you play fantasy you want these players there so why not go to Clemson I just it's kind of their rich getting richer is all so yeah, yeah, <laughs> we've talked about it we've talked about it in the past with Alabama and it's yeah it's gonna be it's always it's gonna be so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see where he lands and uh how he goes from there Yep. Um, up next is Washington. Oh, I'm going to butcher this name. Washington Husky defensive end Zion Tuapula Fitu. <laughs> he had three sacks in the win over Utah this past week. Uh, he's 
that caught my attention. That's something I don't know if you watched that game or not or have seen him, but that's somebody I definitely want to go back and look at, um, watch some film and tape on. If you're having those kind of big games, that's a that's an eye catcher. Yeah, definitely. Um, up next, uh, the next few names are kind of big. Um, yeah, Florida was- State cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. Interior defensive lineman Marvin Wilson have opted out for the season as some of their offensive players. Um, and they all kind of went at once. <laughs> it seemed like every other day for a couple of weeks there, somebody was opting out. Don't know exactly what's going on down there. But um, yeah, there's been um, there's been a laundry list of people. That I like Samuel. I'm, I'm, I have such a crush on Asante Samuel. Oh, yeah. I, me too. I, I think he's going to be better than his dad, and his dad was outstanding in the NFL. So, you know, my, my Panthers need a quarterback, cornerback. So, I'm yeah. hoping, I'm hoping he get him. You good. know, I'm not hating that. You put him on the other side of Dante Jackson. Whew. Yeah, that's. We, I don't like Dante Jackson. He's no. I, I think Samuel's better, but. Ooh, man! Come on, Jer- Jeremy Chin and Asante Samuel in the oh, same. That's, that's just secondary. That's not even fair. I, that's stealing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pipe dream, but you never know. Hey, you never know, man. You never, you never know. know. And then speaking of opting out, this one happened just this week. Mm-hmm. Texas safety Caden Stearns is out. And I'm I'm not one to do comparisons. I just hate doing them. Uh, other people do them, and I'm like, you know, that kind of makes sense. But me personally, I don't like to do them. I saw him today, actually. And forgive me, I forget who it was, but they wanted to compare him slightly to Grant Delpit, which I got me thinking. I was like, yeah, I can kind of see that. But I, I so love Caden Stearns. I think he's going to be a huge player. Yep, I do too. And, I, you know, there's obviously things he can work on, but he he, he will get drafted. And I think, Oh, yeah, definitely. I think he's going to be – I think he's going to do just fine. I, it oh, kind of yeah. caught me off guard. Because I, I did watch your last game against Iowa State and <laughs> love you know, that game. He he's <laughs> he's all over the field. He's he can make tackles. You know, seeing him go, it's like oh man, he was he is one of my favorite safeties in this class. Yeah, yeah, mine too. And he keeps grow uh not growing. He keeps on shooting up the board for me too. It seems like the more I watch his film, the more I like him. So uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of draft grade he gets, mm-hmm. kind of where he lands. And with any prospect, that, you know, it, your combine numbers or whatever they do this year, I'm sure they'll they'll have something worked out with the combine or whatever, but pro days. But um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I want to – my initial thought is he's a day two guy. I could see that. I don't think he's – not saying he's not that good, but I don't think he gets into the first round. I just don't. I think there's too many. There's a lot of overall, safety. but yeah, there's. It, well, it, it's a deep class once you get to. Yeah, and I think four. overall there's going to be a, it's going to be a deep class, so I think it kind of pushes him down just a mm-hmm. little. Um, I still think Andre Cisco is one of the best safeties in the country. I don't know that Stearns is for me. I don't know that he may be a better tackler, overall player. Uh, than Cisco, but I think Cisco's just his big play impact is yeah, he's huge. A yeah, he's a um, 
So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. And then our last piece, and I just caught this before we come on to, uh, which is interesting, I want to bring up to you, but senior Bucknell safety Brandon Benson has entered the transfer portal as a grad transfer, which means he's completed all his requirements at Bucknell. He's, he's graduated. He's free to go wherever. Um, career numbers for him were 188 tackles, 101 solos, nine and a half TFLs, a sack, two picks, nine PBUs, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. Um, really good player, but here's where I'm going with this. As I said, he's a senior. So normally when you're a senior, you're done. You know, you're off to the NFL or TFL or whatever, you know, wherever league you so choose with him being a senior and there being no eligibility again, that's, that's been the huge talk this year, you know, free eligibility one year free. He's now transferring. Does he go, do we see not just him, but maybe more of these type players? Okay. I don't, I've got one more year of eligibility because it's been waived this year. Let me transfer kind of like Jabril Cox did with LSU. Let me, let me see if I can help my stock and, and go to a bigger school. So yep. do you think we will see more of that or is this just going to be certain cases? Uh, with 20, what are you thinking? With 2020, I don't know what to expect anymore. It's true. Very true. Such, I mean, it is, we've seen anything and everything this year and it's. Nothing would surprise you. <laughs> I get it. Surprise me, honestly. Yep. I mean, we're going to be, we're going to be having, so far, I mean, as for now, we're still going to have college football in February. Oh, and yeah, because of the North division, Dakota, too. Yeah. I know North Dakota State's playing in February. I mean, like like I said, this whole year has just been, yeah. It, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, nothing's going to surprise me, really. And you correct me if I'm wrong. Stuff, but, when do they get their draft grade evaluations? That I don't know. So I think if we're done, we'll say January. It's early January, but by the end of January, college football is basically done. Um, there's two dates, and I, I wish I could remember. I needed. I wish I'd have studied up on it. Excuse me. But there's a date to declare. You have a date that you have to declare for the NFL by, and then there's a date. I think before that where you can submit your name and you get NFL draft grade. I think those draft grades are going to be huge because I can see, and not saying that uh, Benson here, I'm just using him for example, but say some of these kids, you know, even in division one, they submit their name, they get their draft grade back and it's not what they thought it was. Do they then try to use that one year and transfer to like Jabril Cox did, you know, I help, I'm going to go to LSU. They need linebacker help. Do we see a lot more of that you think, or do they just say, I'm going to go on and, and get my payday now? Like I said, again, nothing surprised, nothing. Was surprising. <laughs> I, 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 I could see both ways really. Cause you could have players if they get their draft grade and they don't like it, then, Hey, let's go back 
And I'm, let's I'm trying to put you on the spot here. Do you think with no eligibility this year, do we see more players come back for another year? I think so. Okay. I think so. You, because I think so too. I, that's kind of where I'm at. I, th- I think your studs, your stars, your your big guys that are getting paid, they're going either way. Yep. I, I think mean, it's your kind of what. There's only 259 picks in the draft. I mean, if you're if you're not going to think you're going to get drafted or whatever, come back and let's and see what you're going to be able to do. Right, and I'm kind of thinking, what do you think? Maybe if you're a third rounder, well, no, that's day two. If you're a fourth rounder later, you're probably thinking of coming back. I think if you're a first, second rounder, you're definitely going. That third round is where I think it could get a little iffy, you know. No, I can agree with you on that one. I think, I think it's maybe more, maybe fifth round or so. I think that's when you're going to start to see these players. Yeah, I think I can do better than that. Yeah, but, you know. I mean, you might have your occasional player who says, eh, "I don't," you know. I, I expected to be a second or third rounder, and they're getting a fifth or sixth round grade, like you said. Yeah, I, I can kind of see that. So, anyway, so that is enough of our news and notes. Before we get into our main event, I want to bring up something new for every, all of our listeners. We have a new sponsor here at the Divi IDP Grind. And our new sponsor is Thrive Fantasy, and they have their own app. Um, they are um, a daily fantasy sports app for player props. Um, you can jump on their app this season. There's something new that started. Uh, and if you're not familiar with player props, uh, you know, that's uh, does uh, Derrick Henry run over 100 yards? You know, you're betting on that. Does he get two touchdowns? Yes or no. A uh, thousand yards for the season, yes or no? You're you're kind of betting on those things. Does he score the first touchdown, or you know? And it, it you build your kind of build your team with that. Um, it, like I said, it's something new. They've paired up with us, um, and right now, if you will go sign up, and everyone that makes a, minim- a first deposit minimum twenty all the way up to fifty. They will, um, they will match your deposit. So if you, you know, if you're putting in fifty, they'll match it. Uh, but you have to use our promo code DIGIT, like Dig Podcast D I G I T. Um, it's non-case sensitive. It's all one word, no spaces. So go in and put DIGIT. Sign up. Make your twenty dollar uh, minimum uh, deposit. Uh, helps us out, of course, here at the Dig Podcast as we have a little fees with the uh, apps and stuff that we come to you on and all the sites. So it helps us out a little bit, but I have uh, actually jumped on there a little bit and it's, it's kind of neat. It's not your everyday fantasy site. They have NFL, NBA, MLB, uh, eSports. If you're into that Madden sports, uh, PGA, they've got all these, you can build your lineups, uh, from there, you can choose five out of the ten players, 
on prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fancy point total that's associated with an over-under based on, you know, its likelihood to occur. Um, it's really neat. Um, it's, you know, the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. But, of course, the more risk you put into it, the bigger the payout, the bigger the payback. So um, it's really neat if you're into player prop things, uh, kind of betting and gambling, they are definitely the, the place you want to go check it out. Uh, you can go get them on your app store or in the play store, um, or you can go to their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Um, it's a really interesting way to uh, look at it. So uh, go sign up, and uh, for every sign up, that you do, they'll help us out with a little kickback, and we appreciate that very much. Uh, and like I said, that code is DIGIT, D-I-G-I-T. So uh, if you haven't checked that out yet, Eric, you need to go look at it. It's pretty cool. I, I looked at it some this week when they were sending all the stuff over. So it's it's something different. Yeah, definitely. And I uh, I have I downloaded it, but I didn't get a chance to get into it and uh, – through it very much yet but i plan on it though that's for sure yeah it's uh it's definitely different like i said i looked at it this week and i was i was like wow this is not your everyday uh site it's really interesting it, it, it puts a new twist on it so if you're into that type of thing uh, uh go definitely go check them out promo code dig it d-i-g-i-t and uh we appreciate any help support that y'all give us and so does our uh, new sponsor thrive fantasy um, we will get into our main event, um, and this is some games we watched. Uh, you kind of touched uh, – I guess I'll go ahead and start. Um, you kind of touched on this as when you watched Iowa State at Texas. <laughs> Man, such a good game. I, I, I couldn't turn it off. Um, I was kind of trying to flip back and forth, and, man, I just could not turn this game off. Um Iowa State won in the closing 23-20 to 20 over Texas. I thought it was a really good game. Iowa State's defense showed up, I thought, um, especially Mike Rose. And, me and you kind of talked about it this week. I don't know why people don't like him more. Um, 13 tackles, four solos, one and a half tackles for a loss, one PBU. If you were following our Twitter handle – Debbie IDP grind. You saw saw me post a couple of plays that he made that was just outstanding. Um, and getting back to player comparisons, I have and I, I kind of don't get this when I saw someone compare him to uh, Kiko Alonso, mm -hmm. which I I kind of get that in a way, but I think Mike Rose is such a more he's such a better overall player than what Kiko was. Um, I just I think this kid's going to be a really good player. Um, his teammate Orion Vance, um, an outside guy, edge guy, if you will, nine tackles, three solos, two TFLs, and then one that uh, in this game I didn't even know who he was because I'd I'd watched you know R Rose and Vance, uh, our boy Will McDonald that we like, but Latrell Bankston, five tackles, two solos, two TFLs, two sacks, uh, huge impact player for him. And then Caden Stearns, who we love, 13 tackles, seven solos, a half tackle for a loss. And then De DeMarvian Overshawn, eight tackles, five solos, one TFL, one PBU. Um, 
I thought it was a really good game overall. Kept me entertained. Um, love watching the defense. I had to rewind it a few times to to see everything more than once. So, uh, but yeah, I thought that was one of the better games of the week this week. Yep, I agree. And like I said, I've watched this game too, and you know, impressed with Caden Stearns. Um, interior defensive line, Keandre Coburn had a sack. Uh, he's one of the one of the top interior defensive line for this upcoming draft. And uh, Jalen Green for Texas. That guy, mm. can, that guy can lay you out. He put, <laughs> he put a good hit on Brock Purdy there. That was oh, did he ever? Oof. Oh man! And there was I don't remember. I think it must have been, it might have been last week or the week before. But he did another big hit like that, and I was like, he could hit that guy. Yeah, he. He comes with some physicality, doesn't he? But they're they're textbook tackles. They're not. Yep. You know he's wrapping up, but he's not. You know he's not just leading with the shoulder. He's he's hitting them hard and he's wrapping them up. So I really like him. I like to see what. You know he only had the one tackle, but we'll see what happens here in the next few games. So. Yep. So uh, we won't let me talk all the time. What we'll kind of alternate here. You go ahead and go with your first uh, game you watched. Uh, so I watched uh, San Diego State and Colorado. I was I was hoping they were going to play USC, but USC had some COVID issues, so they right. Colorado got a last minute schedule in against uh, San Diego State. Um, CU won again, so they're three and zero. Nate Landman, the uh, middle linebacker for CU, had eleven tackles, uh, nine solo, three sacks, three and a half tackles for a loss, and one pass breakup. I think he's another one of those guys that. Like Mike Rose, not a lot of people are talking about him. Um, yeah, I, I kind of picked up on him last year and started watching him. What's your thoughts on him? I mean, I didn't get to, I've not got to watch any of him this year, but last year I thought he's he's a sneaky good player. I mean, I think he could be a sneaky good pick in the draft for somebody. That's what I'm saying. I, I I'm just surprised he's not being talked about more. Um, he's he's good in he's good in. Uh, Rush defense, um, pass rushing. I think he get, he could get a little bit better in pass coverage. Um, right. That seems to be his a little his weaker spot, but he wraps up tackling. Um, I, I think he's an excellent tackler. Rushes the quarterback. You know, like I said, I think I think he he needs to be talked about more. Like Mike knows. wasn't does. his teammate Davion Taylor last year. Yep. yep. Yeah, so I, I think that kind of, I think that kind of got him overlooked last season, uh, because Taylor was a good player for them. So uh, having Taylor and Landman, I think he kind of got overlooked a little bit. But man, he is, he from what I've been hearing, he is the real deal. And I was haven't got to watch him yet. I've got a couple games recorded, so was curious to hear your take on him. But go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, great and. You know, he is his 2019 season wasn't the best season. I think right. he, um, uh, he just, for some reason, he just couldn't get it together, so to speak. I, he missed, uh, he missed like 21 tackles last year. That mm-hmm. is, that's not good. <laughs> no, that's a high tackle, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, through only three games this year, he's only missed one tackle. So he's, I mean, it's a small sample size, but he is, you know, he's he's trying to he's trying to reroute that, but his tackling has gotten a lot better from from what I've watched anyway. Right. You know, being 
30 miles from Boulder. So it's, you get to watch a lot of CU and hear a lot about him. So, right. but I, I think he's one of the guys that could be, a, he's, he could be, a, he's probably a late run guy, but he can, I think he can make an impact. Cool. Cool. Um, another guy that I watched was Mustafa Johnson. He's the interior defensive line for CU. Uh, he's a senior. Uh, he only, he had three tackles, um, three solo. So he was, he did pretty good. You know, he got double teamed a lot. So um, another guy, uh, Carson Wells, linebacker for CU. He had five tackles, five solo, but he had four tackles for a loss. So I think him playing playing beside Landman, kind of Landman seems to get a little bit more of the attention, and then Carson Wells can come up and clean up and take down those guys in the backfield. And then uh, Cameron Thomas for uh, San Diego State uh, impressed me. He ended the game with uh, 14 tackles, 11 solo. Um, he had one sack, three tackles for a loss, and three pass deflections. So he was a guy that was he, just all over the field, getting there, making plays. Um, so those were the those were the big names from that game that I watched. So it, my next game is um, Auburn and Alabama too. So you got a lot more players on that. So well. Like, you know, I, was, <laughs> I started watching the game, and I had a handful that I really wanted to zone in on. And, man, I'll be honest, there was a ton mm-hmm. that I just kept rewinding. I, I had to go back because I was watching my guys, and somebody would flash or somebody else would make the play, and I'm like, okay, I've got to put this guy down. But uh, – um, and I'll get to it here in a minute. Um, so yeah, twenty-two or uh, it was 20, number twenty-two Alabama at number one or twenty-two Auburn at number one Alabama. <laughs> this game wasn't close. Alabama just ran away with it, forty-two to thirteen, and it, it really wasn't that close. Um, Christian Barmore, defensive tackle for Alabama, love him last year. Love him even more this year. Four tackles, two solos, TFL sack. Uh, that's not counting all the pressures, all the big uh, hole plugs where he forced the running backs the wrong way. I mean, he was a, a major factor for them. Patrick Sertain, three tackles, two solos, a TFL. And I'm telling you right now, this kid's going to be a top 15 pick. I, I, it's it's happening. Uh, I think I'm a little bit late to the party, but the more I watch him, and when I say late to the party, I, I always kind of thought he was a late first, early second. But I think he's going to push his way into the top half of the draft in that first round. He is something special. The way he breaks on the ball, the way he reads it, uh, he is really something special for them. Um, then cornerback Daniel Wright, I'd heard his name. He's a youngster for them, but I'm telling you, he played his rear end off. Seven tackles, five solos. He was everywhere for them. Uh, Christian Harris, eight tackles, four solos of PBU. Uh, And then their other corner, Josh Job, ten tackles, five solos, and a PBU. And he may be the best corner they've had in a while. And they've had some good ones with Trayvon Diggs and, and some others. Is he? I believe he's a freshman. Job is. Uh, no, he's he is. One of them's a freshman, right? Or Job one? I thought. No, it's not. It's not. It's not Job. I know. Okay. I think he's. A, I think he's a junior. 
Okay. I think Job is a junior, and uh, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. Job is a junior, so he okay. he is draft eligible. Okay, so, man, he is so good, though. I mean, he was playing lots out. Um, I'm going to skip one here for him. Will Anderson, four tackles, one solo, one and a half TFLs, one sack. And his TFLs and sacks should have been higher because I'm telling you, he put pressure on Auburn all game long, just consistently getting uh, Bo Nix out of the pocket, forcing him to move, make quick throws. Um, I'm surprised his numbers weren't bigger. And I know that's in real football numbers ain't the, the big thing like they are in fantasy, but man, uh, I could see him being really something special. If this continues hit watch for his name to fly up the board. Um, Chris Allen, he's another one, four tackles, three solos, two TFLs, a sack. Uh, those two right there were just on it all night. Plus with that front four that they had or three, uh, made it easy for the secondary to make plays. And then, um, Here's one that's been a hot name around Davy circles. Dylan Moses, six tackles, two solos, a PBU. Um, pretty solid numbers. Um, did what he had to, um, but not quite the player we remember from two years ago before he got hurt. Um I, I'm one of them. I had him up there as the best linebacker in the country, or at least close. Um, Micah Parsons, for me, has that. Um, does it seem like to you that Moses, do you think he's fell off from what he was because, how do I want to say, he's not as good as we thought, or do you think that injury from a year ago is still kind of bothering him, or he's still working his way back from that? I think it's injury. I, really I think do. so too. I mean, you like I said, you look at it: six tackles, two solos, a PPU. About anybody would be happy with that. But I also, after I I kind of thought about it, I was like, well, look who the Crimson Tide has, and just like I mentioned, Christian Harris, mm -hmm. Will Anderson, Chris Allen. Um, They've got another linebacker. I can't remember his name. And then you've got Dylan Moses. You've got these front three and four up front eating it up. It's hard to get numbers when that team is so good. Yep. Uh, and I think that's one a lot thing. Of that, to feed. Yeah, a lot of mouths to feed. But I think this defense it may be one of the best in the country because when they're dialed in, and I saw it against or against Auburn, when they're dialed in. They are tough to handle, man. I mean, you got that Barmore and those guys up front. Um, then you got the linebacker group. Then you got those safeties with Patrick Satane. Then you got those corners. I mean, where do you go? Where do you attack? And uh, I'm like you. I think Moses, I think his numbers are, I won't say his numbers. I think people are down on him because he's still coming back from that injury. Um, I have moved him down my rankings. I will admit I have. Um, but I still think he's one of the best linebackers in the country. Uh, should he have come out last year? <sighs> you can you can play hindsight, you know, I guess. But he was hurt last year. He missed mostly, what, the whole season? I think he missed the whole season. Yeah, I think he did too. So he probably – even if he comes out, I'm sure he gets drafted – but he made the right decision. I mean, 
teams are looking to get players for cheap. Um, they're going to say, hey, you were hurt last year. You know, you missed this. We're, he's probably going to slide down the boards till somebody says this is a big value, and then they take him. For him, he played the right card. I'm coming back. I'm betting on myself, and I think it's all right. I think he's going to be – probably take some flack. I think he's going to be a day two guy somewhere in the second round. I really do. Well, look at what Jalen Smith did. He had that devastating knee injury, and then look at him now. Exactly. And didn't did he not go in the second round too, I believe, with the Cowboys? Yep. Yep. So I mean getting in the second round is not the end of the world. I mean everybody in the first round pick, but yeah, right, everybody does, yeah. <laughs> but you can't he made the right decision, you know. You're hurt, teams are gonna play that against you, right or wrong, they're gonna play that against you. He bet on himself, and I think he's doing solid enough. You know, if he was I don't know that he's the first round linebacker like we thought he was, but in the second round, I'm taking him all day and I'm happy with it. And your point exactly with Jalen Smith, maybe Dylan comes out and, and does the same thing, proves everybody wrong and shows how good he is. But I was curious on your thoughts because I've seen his name a ton this week on Twitter. Um, what's wrong with Moses? Uh, he's, he's not the player we thought he was. Um, I'm not going to say he's not the player we thought he was or I thought he was because I can't speak for everybody else, but I'm not going to say he's not the player I thought he was. I think he's still coming back from injury a little bit. I think Alabama's just so freaking good <laughs> overall on that defense that it takes away from him. Um, but I have moved him down until I can see him some of the things I want to see him do that he did before injury. If he can do those, then uh, I'll start moving him back up. And, you know, he may go into the combine and just blow it out and be a first-round pick. We don't know. So, Yeah, we, we never know. I mean, it's, it's all right. right now. So. And then on uh, – I'll try to quit talking and let you get in there. Um, for Auburn, Roger McQuarrie, six tackles, five solos of PBU. He was huge for them. He had a three – he had about a five-minute stretch in that game in the second half where he just kind of took over. And I was like, wow. Um Really caught me, caught my eye there. Smoke Monday, the cornerback, seven tackles, five solos, and then Big Cat Bryant, the defensive end for them, three tackles, three solos, a TFA on a sack. He had a pretty good game. So I think without those three players, legitimately without those three, Auburn probably gets blowed completely out of the water, worse than what they did. So I'll add a, I'll add in to. Um... First of all, Smoke Monday and Big Cat Bryant, sweet names. <laughs> yes, they are. And then uh, I wanted to add a little bit on Josh Job. Um, I was looking at some of his stats, and he was targeted six times, only allowed two receptions for 12 yards and one pass deflection. Man, so he was I, saw so that, I saw that, and I started looking into it a little bit more. And on the year, he's been targeted 32 times, and he's only allowed – 13 receptions mm. for a total of 83 yards and mm. one touchdown. That is – that's amazing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Look and at the teams he's played. He's played – you know, he's played AM. They've played Georgia. They've played, yeah. you know, Auburn, Mississippi State, Missouri, you know, but that's pretty good. 13 receptions on 32 targets. That's – that's pretty good. 
Oh yeah. And, and he, he, yeah, he's he's one of those guys that he could be a sneaky corner. You know, he could go for some of those leagues that do have shutdown corners that you get points for pass breakups and and that type of stuff. He could be one of those guys that Right. If you're Josh Job, do you come out or do you stay? I'd come out. The with the year he's having, you know, next year he, he won't have Sertan. True. He won't have Sertan next year. But I mean, I would. And I think for some of these players like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame oh. this year. I think with some of these teams, it's going to matter if you win the national championship too. Yep. I mean, you you win the championship, you've you've got the big prize. So maybe some of these players, if their team doesn't win, because only one can win. So if you're out, then maybe they want to come back and play. But yeah, I'm like you. I think most of these guys are NFL bound. Um, Probably going to be high picks, high selections. So uh, we'll see. A lot of time between now and the draft. So, all right. What was your next game? Um, well, I had Auburn, Alabama, and I had a lot of those same guys. Um, you know, Dylan Moses, we talked to him on him at length. I think it's injury, you know, coming off, yeah. I believe his ankle. So it takes a little bit to come back. It's not, yeah, nothing that's going to heal overnight. But other than that, Patrick Stan. Love guy, yeah, gonna be great in the NFL, and we'll see what he does. But as for that, I had I watched uh, Northwestern and Michigan State. I was really hoping Michigan State would lose, but they didn't, unfortunately. But I really wanted to watch uh, Northwestern's linebackers, Patty Fisher and Blake Gallagher. Um, Patty Fisher, he's one of those high tackle guys that doesn't seem to be getting a lot of love. Um, he did play, he did play pretty good. He, and he finished with 12 tackles, five solo an interception and a quarterback hurry. Um, I think he's to start the year. I think him in coverage was a little sketchy, but as the year has gone on, I think it's gotten better. Um, I think a lot of these players, they start slow because they didn't really have spring practices. They didn't have a lot of the stuff that they usually do year in and year out. But, right. you know, I think he's overall, he's a good cover linebacker. Um, I just think he needs to work on his tackling a little bit better. It's kind of sloppy at times. But I think he's another one of those linebackers that can – be a late round gem. You know, I think he can, I think he can um, make that, make that difference. Right. And then uh, Blake Gallagher uh, had 11 tackles, five solo, three tackles for a loss. Um, another cornerback that I liked um, for Northwestern is uh, Greg Newsom. Um, after I started looking at Josh Job and him, and I went back and looked at Greg Newsom, and he, through four games this year, he's been targeted 34 times, 
with only 12 receptions for a total of 93 yards and no touchdowns. So he's, yeah, he is great in coverage, but greedy, greedy Williams, he, his tackling needs help. Oh my gosh. Not another shoestringer. I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) I mean, if he can get his tackling underway, I think he can be a, a big sleeper. Um, he's got seven pass deflections in four games. So he's he is being picked on a little bit, but he is he is um stepping up to it. Because his most receptions was when they played Purdue. Um, you know, he was on probably Rondell Moore. So it, it he's one of those guys that could be a sneaky pick in fantasy leagues because of the past breakups and just his tackling. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Michigan, Michigan state linebacker, Antoine Simmons uh, had 13 tackles, five solo, one sack and two tackles for a loss. Uh, He was a big reason that Michigan state beat Northwestern. Um, Other than that, that's all I got for that game. Yeah. I like Patty Fisher. I'm having a hard time with him. I think he's a tackling machine. Um, I'm, I'm just having a hard time where to put him in my rankings because I feel like I'm always moving him up, moving him down. You know, it's it, and then sometimes I'm not even moving him. It's other players I'm moving around him, and it's it's forcing him up and down. I'm just have I'm having a hard time with him. I, I want to. He's kind of reminds me of Josie Jewell in a way a lot. He's that big 10 heavy tackle machine. Uh, I'll be curious to how he tests, you know, as far as combine pro day. It'll be interesting to see. I really want to see what the, uh, the NFL grade is on him. That's, I really want to see that. Yep. I agree. I think that I don't, he probably, no way he comes back another year, is there? I mean, for a year. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I mean, like I said, nothing's going to surprise me anywhere. <laughs> right. But right. I, I don't see it. I could see him going. Just declaring going to the NFL draft. Right. Yeah, I think so too. I just think it's interesting with this eligibility for a year. I think there's it opens up a lot of doors, a lot of options for players. I'm curious oh, yeah. to see how it's going to work out because I think there is going to be a few surprises that we don't see. Players coming back, players going. Um, I'm just interested to see that. So, uh, And then my next game, I'll try to hurry up here. Um, number 13, Georgia at South Carolina. Um, the game that got Will Muschamp fired. <laughs> He got thrashed 45 to 16. Um, Tyson Campbell, the corner for them, uh, four tackles, three solos, a TFL, an interception. He returned for 40 yards. Um, and then strong safety Lewis seen 12 tackles. <laughs> All 12 of them were solos. Oof. This dude is a man on a mission, and he took over for Richard LeCount when he went down with the motorcycle wreck. Scene stepped in, and if you'll remember that first game after that, he got ejected for targeting. Um, and he was on, he was having a monster game then, too. He just got 
threw out for a targeting call, but man, he is something else. He is going to be a name to watch, a name to know. Um, he is legit, physical, loves to hit, loves to impose on receivers. Um, he's he's one of those safeties that when you are going across the middle, you be, you better know where he's at. Uh, and, you know, a lot of receivers, right or wrong, that that kind of physicality, that kind of imposing will, you you turn a quick eye to see where he's at. You, you're it gets you out of your comfort zone because you know he's coming. So I love those type of players. But twelve tackles, twelve solos, he was all over South Carolina. And then uh, for South Carolina, their cornerback Jamie Johnson, ten tackles, five solos. He got a pick. Um, and those were my three big standouts in that game. But, yeah, love some Lewis Singh. Definitely go check him out. He's the real deal. I think Dan should have been here for this episode. We got a lot of quarterbacks on this episode. I know. He would have loved this, right? <laughs> because because I got another one. <laughs> she, I watched Troy and App State and then kind of falls into – I watched App State and Coastal Carolina last week. But Shimar Jean Charles. Oh, he's so is, He is probably one of the best non-Power 5 corners, if not one of the best corners in the country. And I think you've got 14 PBUs, and if I'm not mistaken, he's leading the entire country in that yeah. category. He's got, he has got uh, 14 PBUs this year. Um, then, like I said, I got, in that, I got in that line of seeing how they've done, and he's on 41 targets, he's allowed 14 receptions for 153 yards and one touchdown. That is wow. He can tackle, he can cover, he's good in rush defense. He is one of my favorite cornerbacks in this draft. I don't he won't be drafted as high as he, I think he should. But he'll he'll be a steal for somebody. Oh yes. Cuz what I've seen over the past 2 weeks. Yeah, if you'll go back to our Twitter handle Davy IDP grind, and I was watching this game, and I, I tweeted this play out. If you'll go back and look at it, there was a play for me, and that I had kind of been watching him. I thought this this guy's pretty good, but this particular play really said it for me. He got beat. He was beat. I mean, this I forget who the receiver was and who they were playing, but he was beat right from the get go, and he was beat. And I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. And you know what? He never he never panicked. He never freaked out. He never got out of his thing. He was beat off the snap, and he just kept coming, coming, coming. And as the ball got there, he got there about the same time the ball was. The guy made the catch, and he just stayed through it all the way through the play, ripped it out for a big PBU. And I was like, you know what? This kid's got it. He, he can play big-time ball, mm -hmm. you know. Because when you're beat like that, a lot of times you'll see it. They'll just give up or make a half-hearted effort. Mm -mm. He's like, no, you know what? You got me at the beginning, but I'm going to get you at the end. And I was like, wow, this kid's really good. And, and when I watched him in the Coastal Carolina game, he got beat, and then he he pulled on the jersey. I was like – and from what I had watched of him, that's very uncharacteristic. He does not do that. But he knew it. As soon as he did it, he was mad at himself because he pulled on the he pulled on the jersey and 
obviously gave him a big uh, pass interference. But uh, Shamar Jean Charles, I think he's one of the best corners in, in the country. Um, and then uh, App State linebacker DeMarco Jackson. He had seven tackles, four solos. Uh, he's another guy that's he will he will hit you hard, and he he's good in coverage. Um, and then Demetrius Taylor, the edge from App State, and I know we've mm. talked about him a couple times, but that App State defense they have some they have some good guys. And then Sean Jolly, opposite of Shamar Jean Charles, I think probably one of the best cornerback duos in the country. They did the same thing in this game and then last week against uh, Colts of Carolina. I really wanted to watch and see how those two did, and they both did really good. I think the only really knock against um, Sean Jolly is he's, he's small. I think he's only 5'9". I so love Sean Jolly. I really do. I, I got turned on to him last year, and I'm like, I actually got turned on to him a few years ago when Clifton Duck was there. And uh, I was like, man, this Sean Jolly kid's pretty good. And he is good. I mean, you go watch the tape. I mean, he can do it all. But I'm like you. I think he's just a little more on the smaller side. But I've seen small cornerbacks do big things, you know. So He has not allowed a touchdown either this year. Oh, no. I, I think App State and people say, well, they look what who they play and all this. But. I don't know that App State don't have the best cornerback, one of the best cornerback duos in the entire country. Yep, and I, I like I said, I, I love both those cornerbacks. I think they're both great. I'd like to see where they both go because it'll be very interesting. I think yep. Jolly's only a junior. I think he is, and I think Jolly's only a junior, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Jolly's a junior. I think Shamar is uh, – I think he's a senior. Shamar Senior, okay. I think so. I, I, I was pretty sure that Jolly was because he he actually kind of stepped up as Clifton Duck was taking off. Um, and Clifton Duck was a small corner too, but, man, you know, he's playing for the Bears. So, yeah, I mean, don't rule them out but just because they're on the smaller side because we're seeing, you know, why everybody likes these long, lengthy corners to play with these big physical receivers these days. These smaller corners – they're finding a role, especially in the slot on smaller guys like um, like New England. Uh, what's the guy? Oh, my brain just went blank. Their slot receiver. I can't think of it. I, I, my brain went blank. He's been injured most of the year. But, you know, usually you're playing your smaller guys at receiver in the slot. And I think with that quickness, these corners, these smaller corners – they're matching up well with them. So mm -hmm. um, I think where your big corners are going are on the outside because they're having to play these DK Metcalfs. They're having to play these A.J. Browns, Julio Joneses. You know, that's where you want your big, physical, long, lengthy corners at. So, yeah, I agree with you there. And I did look it up, and Shamar, Shamar is a senior and Jolly is a junior. Okay. So, so Jolly may stick back a year. He might. He might. He might. And I think that might be a good decision for him. It'll be it'll be how he plays then without Charles on the other side. True. So True. But other than that, that that's all I got. Um, yeah, uh, I had another one, uh, Oregon, Oregon State. I'll run through it real quick. Such an upset. Oregon State 
41-38 over Oregon. Oregon dropped from number nine, if I'm not mistaken, all the way to 23. Huge. That's a big drop. Yeah, huge big drop for them. Um, Noah Sewell, the linebacker, 10 tackles, four solos, two TFLs. Our boy Kayvon Thibodeau, seven tackles, three solos, a TFL, a sack, a PBU. He is just so good. Man, he's so, so good. I'm so upset I don't have him anywhere. In uh, my camp, which can't leave. Oh, I do have a few him in a few places. I'm so glad I do. But, uh, uh, yeah, he's going to be something else. Uh, Vernon McKinley, nine tackles, five solos, a PBU. DeMondre Lemonor, five tackles, five solos, a forced fumble. Um, and then for Oregon State, Hamlicar, Rashard Jr., five tackles, four solos. I thought he played pretty well. And then their safety, Katan Aladapo, nine tackles, six solos, and a PBU. And those two were big for Oregon State. It kind of turned into a shootout there for a while. I mean, the defense has just kind of let up or was wore out one. But, uh, yeah, I, I was surprised that Oregon lost. I really was. I, nope. I just thought they had enough to pull away. And it just – I don't know. They kept letting on the Beavers hang around. And anytime you let a team hang around, it's I think it – comes back to bite you eventually, and I think that's what happened here. They just couldn't get that big kill shot, that big pull-away moment, and uh, they let them hang around, and they lost. So, And then uh, while we're at it real quick, uh, you know, the top 25 there, it's no, no surprise that Bama's all 62 votes at number one. Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. I don't know that I would have Ohio State at three. I think Clemson's still the third best team in the country. I agree. Uh, and I, I don't know that they're not number two because they're going to get to play Notre Dame again. Uh, That's right. With with Trevor Lawrence. So I won't be surprised if the outcome's much different this time. Could be surprised, but that's just me. Um, but, yeah, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson is my top three. Number four uh, – I think you got to put maybe Ohio State there, but I think Florida and Texas A&M have a lot to say about that. After and then, after the way Ohio State played against Indiana, you know they were up big, and then they just kind of squandered the lead a little bit, and Fields didn't look great. And right, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put Ohio State either. I'd probably put Florida. Florida playing. Florida yeah, and it's playing pretty good, but yeah, I think Florida would be my number four right now. Of course, with these conference championship games, you know, Notre Dame, Clemson, one of them's got to lose. Alabama, most likely Florida, one of them's going to lose. So, um, which may open the door back for an Ohio State, but I think it also opens a door for a team like Cincinnati at seven and BYU at eight. And this year, as crazy as it's been, Eric, I think this year makes as big a case as any year we've ever had to push to an 18 playoff. You're going to have Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. They're in, most likely. But your next four would be Florida, Texas A&M, Cincinnati, and BYU. Cincinnati and BYU have done everything they've needed to do 
and it's hard to keep them out. They deserve a shot. Whether they get in there and they get railroaded, that's on them, but they deserve the shot. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I think, well, Zach Wilson is playing out of his mind. Oh, he's so good. I love him. I love watching him play. Uh, he has shot up – I mean, he shot up everybody's draft boards. And he has. Like that, but I think he's – I love so is Desmond Ritter for Cincinnati, oh, though. Yep, yep. But I think Cincinnati, their defense is just so good. Yeah, they got a lot. Of, they got a few guys on there that I do like, and then you know even Georgia sitting at eleven. You know, I Miami at nine. I think Miami's better than. Yeah, I, I like God. Miami better than Cincinnati. But I, I but you look at them. <sighs> if you look at the top eleven. I mean, minus Indiana, now they lost their quarterback for the year. Yeah, that hurt. I'm in Oklahoma. I mean, it's anything can – any of those teams could easily make a push. Yeah, I mean, I, I think eight teams is where it needs to be. I, I actually think it needs to be more than eight. I think they should just do like Division two and Division three. go to complete playoff system. You're still getting the money. You're still getting the games. Uh, it's a win-win. I don't know why they keep fighting this, but that's just where I'm at. Um, and then, because I think if you go to that playoff system, then because I really don't think it hurts these big teams. I don't think any system that you have hurts your Alabamas, your Clemsons, Ohio State's, Notre Dame's, because they're just good. They're powerhouses, so yep. it doesn't really affect them. But I think it gives your smaller guys like BYU's, Cincinnati, even a Coastal Carolina this year. You know, Iowa State's making a run. If they hadn't had – you know, if Iowa State hadn't had that blip at the very beginning in their first game where they lost, I forget who it was. Uh, forget who it was. But they – you know, an undefeated Iowa State, they're definitely in a top four right now. I'd put them ahead of Ohio State. I could see that. So I think – I just think with the way the system's set up, you can't make a mistake. Oh, and no. Definitely you not. can't make even the slightest mistake because if you do, you're done. And I think we're seeing that this year. What happened? Texas was in the running for a Big 12 championship, and they lost. And what happened? Caden Stearns is like, I'm out. Not saying I'm disagreeing with that, but he was clearly there playing for something. And once that was took away, he's like, well – you know, I'm out of here. So uh, I, I would just like to see it expanded and get more teams in. I don't think it hurts your big teams. I don't think it hurts the NCAA and their money revenue and all these bowl games. I, at some point, they've just got to bite the bullet and do it. I think it would be great for college football. It would. I agreed. But that, how long did it take us to get switched from the beast? I know. <laughs> I know. They're so stubborn, but I know. Hey. Hey, we're moving. It's in the right direction. We are moving. We are slowly getting there, but we are getting there. So um, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to debate all these what ifs, uh, what could be's, maybes, and all this. Um, be interesting to see how some of this shakes out. Um, we'll see. I mean, you know, a team like Florida and Texas A&M, if they both lose, then maybe Cincinnati and BYU gets in there. Because, I mean, you, Notre Dame still has to play Clemson. Yep. If Does Clemson as a two-loss team get in? I don't know that they do. I mean, if they lose to Notre Dame twice. Yeah, I don't know that they get in. And then you're looking at, let's see, 
what would we have here? Alabama. They have to play Texas A&M, I believe. And they play Florida in the championship game if it gets that far. Um, I think if either one of them loses, they're kind of slid back. I mean, the door, the opportunities there for Cincinnati and BYU, they have to keep their foot on the gas. They have to keep blowing out opponents, and they have to stay undefeated. So, yep. I agree. And like I said, this, we don't know what, what the, you know, if cancellation. It's, it's 2020. Anything can freaking 2020. happen. <laughs> 2020. We, it's just throw a dart and see if it sticks. Yep. Well, that about does it for us tonight. As always, remember to get your questions in. We didn't have any this week. So, you know, any players you want us to discuss, any questions you have, uh, whether it's just straight college football or if it's IDP related, um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an IDP only league or if it's a mix or if it's a campus to Canton or if it's even a terrific league like Eric started up. I love that idea of building your campus to Canton from the ground up. Your mm -hmm. Canton side has to wait a little bit because you're building completely from the ground up. I love that. I uh, can't wait to get this started. But yeah, any questions you have or about anything, hit us up. Eric's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Uh, we're basically everywhere. Um, feel free to hit us up and uh, send us your questions and uh, go check out Thrive Fantasy app for all your player prop bets and stuff like that. That's a cool site. Helps us out a little bit. Um, Eric, if you don't have anything, I think we may be done. I was actually going to mention uh, next episode, Goldberg, because we actually just finished the draft, just finished today. Oh, 40 yeah. Rounds, 40 rounds. Oh, both, shoot, yeah. Both uh, offense and defense side. So it was it was interesting, I think. What are we up to? Oh, shoot, yeah. We'll go over that next week. We'll dig into that and see where some players went, where they fell. And that's remember, this is a league that's there's no NFL yet, there's no college yet. You it's the initial draft, and you're building from the very ground. So the NFL side will have to wait, and we'll get into that. Uh, there's a lot of interesting picks. So yeah, that's a great idea for next week. We'll get into that, and we'll go over some games that we saw this week. And uh, as always, get your questions in. We thank you. Go to Thrive Fantasy, check them out. And with that, we are out. See you guys. Later.